0: Hello, good evening everyone. It is Kevin Finkel here. Welcome to episode number 30 of Magic Final Frontier. It's a podcast all about the MTT Frontier format, where we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Frontier.
1: And my name is Ryan Schwenk. I'm the Japan hobbyist out of Tokyo, Japan.
0: So we've got no Matt tonight, and I've got Ryan here, and we also pulled in a very special guest. Someone who we've mentioned countless times on the show as a brewer, a tournament winner, and a promoter of Underplayed Eldrazi. Everyone, please introduce Clayton.
1: Yay. Hello,
2: hello, hello. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, it's really great to be here. So we've got the uh, our major spike out of the house a little bit. You know, hmm. we can kind of get a little unruly this episode. I wanted to talk a bit about brewing and also just uh, do some interviewing with you, Clayton. Hear a little bit about your experience with Frontier. I know you're another one of the old guard here who's been playing for a long time. Uh, as well as hear about some of I your pet deaths. Almost
2: decks. since it started, even. it's been It's been...
1: Whew, it's been a long yeah, time. I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to know your history with Frontier.
0: Yeah, that'd be great if you want to start off with uh, your history of Frontier, as well as your history with Magic.
2: Um, well, I started playing Magic shortly before Theros came out, and very quickly just devoured as much content as mm-hmm. I could. It didn't take me long to go from finishing last in a draft to competing for number one every week, basically. Um... Constructed. I started with standard. I think that's where most people start. I started uh, red-white burn uh, shortly after one of the gods came out. I think is when I picked with it up. With Perforos? Uh no, not Perforos. Just straight red-white White mm-hmm. burn, Boros Charm, uh, War Leaders, Helix, Young Pyromancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Oath of the Gatewatch came out, and I shifted from aggro decks. I had played a tuck of red before that. Um. And then mono black Aldrazi, and that's where it all really started. Was when Oath of the Gatewatch came out, I played that deck, and I've been playing it ever since. So, what about yes. your
1: frontier history? So, how long have you been I playing? I actually
2: counted; it's been two and a half years. I'm kind of concerned about that, but
1: so, like, right when it was spoiled, you're like, I'm playing that.
2: Oh yeah, uh, there was there was a Magic League tournament. Mm-hmm. I believe the the spoilers were Friday. And then they had a Magic League standard master, mm-hmm. which at the time was a paid tournament. Like the, uh, I think number one got $25 or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was with the Gatewatch legal. Mm-hmm. And I played a very, very early version of Mono Black Aldrazi in that, and I believe I finished top wow. four. Wow.
1: So you've been on Mono Black Eldrazi forever.
2: Yeah. It, it's... I almost actually... It's kind of funny. Round one I played Rally, lost horribly felt huh. really bad about the deck, and then if I had lost again, I probably wouldn't have played the deck. Mm-hmm. Oh wow.
1: But the rest is history.
2: But uh, I, I played a bit Modern Ramp the rest of the tournament, and that was an amazing matchup.
1: So, I want to talk a little bit about your accomplishments. I faced you in top 4, I believe, of Season 3. How has the deck been, been doing for you? What kind of finishes have you had with mono Black Old Drazi?
2: Um, well, when Frontier first started, again, we go back to Magic League, uh, there was just a regular old tournament that mm-hmm. day, and, well, I really liked, uh, Mono Black Aldrazi with Ghost Blade and whatnot, and I figured, well, I'll just play that again in Frontier, it rotated out of Standard, I haven't played it in a while.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, what new toys does it get? Oh, Smuggler's Copter. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Let's play Smuggler's Copter. Mm. And that was the deck. Um, it was playing Sludgecaller. Uh, now, Sludge Sludgecaller was originally in the deck, because I had a Wasteland Strangler package.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But to make room for Smuggler's Copter, I actually cut the Wasteland Stranglers. So is it the 1-2 didn't... that you can pump up? It is a 1-1, with Ingest, Devoid, mm-hmm. and you can pay 2 mana to give it plus 1, plus 1 until turn. Right, yes. So Ingest was the important part, that and the pump ability, but Ingest more specifically for uh, Wasteland Strangler. Mm-hmm. But without Wasteland Strengthly, you might as well just be playing Endless One. And my search for one-drop creatures did not turn up Endless One, because it has a cost of X.
1: <laughs> yes. So, so how has the deck been doing o- online? Like, I know you won Season 3, I believe. What, other fin- like, what were your other finishes with the deck?
2: So, way back in the beginning, there was a Reddit Frontier League run by Nandy. Mm-hmm. And I believe that was six weeks of round-robin competition, where you were in a table of, like, four to six people and you played everybody at your table yeah. and you were given points based on that that was a lot of magic i joined in yeah that was a lot of magic <laughs> uh, i pl- I started joint playing in week three of that tournament and i ended up finishing fifth overall in the uh before the cut to top eight and then i won the first round and then lost horribly to Murdy dragons in the semifinals.
1: <laughs> that brings me back Marty dragons
2: man Murdy dragons that was a Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that was a, not a fun deck to play against um, also during this time there was a Cockatrice League run by Big Eye uh, that went through two full months of competition, the third month never finished, uh, I top aided both of those, and again this is still Mono Black Aldrazi with Ghostfire Blade and friends um, and then I didn't play Frontier for about half a year because all the leagues died mm-hmm. so there was really just kind of nothing to do and then, all at about the same time, Moosey resurrected the X Mage League. Yeah. Um, the Untap League started. Mm-hmm. And then ACC and Somnus resurrected the Cockatrice League. Mm-hmm. Um, I only played in the uh, X Mage League at that time. And again, joined in re- week three. Uh, I think I ended up finishing fourth, I want to say, in the Swiss, or the round robin stage. And then, after a little bit of weird events where one of the players dropped after beating me in the semifinals, they had a... where both losers of the semifinals played for the final spot in the finals, and then I won that, and then promptly 3-0'd my finals. spot. Nice. So I, that was my first Frontier victory. Um, And then, since then, I've only missed two top cuts in leagues I've played, <laughs> which was Untapped Season 2... And Cockatrice, the new Cockatrice, season, I want to say, three? Mm -hmm. No, season four. But season two, I top forward. Season five, I top aided. Season three, I top Mm -hmm. aided. Untapped season three and four, I top aided. Mm -hmm. uh, Finished runner-up and untapped season three, and I won season four. So... Frontier has been kind to me. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think the online uh, the online events really helped resurrect Frontier for me. You know, even over here in Japan, when I was living in Nagoya, there was nobody playing anymore after about a year or so. But then online, I found like 30, 40, 50 people. Now, like my fire is burning again for Frontier.
2: Yeah, that, that late summer of last year was a pretty good perfect storm of every league resurrecting at about the same Mm. time or in the case of untapped just starting up
1: yeah so if you want to play frontier you can do it online which is great
0: yeah absolutely
2: oh yeah it's super convenient
0: so this is really great you're doing uh you're doing great here ryan you're kind of taking control it's nice to be able to take a back seat here um but if you have a chance clayton can we talk a little bit more about the deck and some of the specifics Mm. so we we know you you're known for mono-black Eldrazi, but I've seen you play not just mono-black. I've seen you try out other colors of mono-Eldrazi. I've seen black-red Eldrazi. I'm also interested if you've tried bigger things, smaller things, you know, the aggressive package, the mid-range package, or the, the real, the ramp package almost, so those top-end guys.
2: All right, so when most of the Gatewatch came out, it, there was this idea that these, these Eldrazi were reasonably statted, you know, 4-mana, four, four four, three 3-mana, 3 5-mana, five 5-5, five, five, mm-hmm. Trample Haste, and the abilities were just good. Um, they forced you to play colorless land, so what do we get from that? And then you look at cards like Seagate Wreckage, Ruins of Oran Reef, Mirror Pool, Blooded Fen, these are all powerful utility lands that make colorless mana, and putting that together just seemed really powerful. Like Especially Seagate Wreckage in, in an aggressive shell, you, you play out your cards, you're empty-handed, you've Gotten them down reasonably low life total. They've used a lot of cards to try and stem the early bleeding, and now you're drawing two cards a turn. How do they beat that? They, if they're a mid range deck or a control deck, they often don't.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the other and side, that, that was field. kind of the idea. And now you've yeah, got the virtual was... on the other side of the field, and you're going a little slower. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that deck is more predicated around the idea that. It, if you go just a little bigger and you don't run the nonsense like Weaver Drone and um, Ghostfire Blade, and you don't you're not trying the early beatdown, the idea that Mirror Pool is more the power card there, where you copy something like Fatal Push and you kill two four drops, and the tempo gain from that is just so big, where oh you're behind on board now you're way ahead. Um, or the idea that you can bring in powerful cards like Gonti out of the sideboard for mid-range decks or control decks, and that's a two-for-one against, it's hard to deal with Gonti generating that kind of value and then bringing it back with Liliana. Um, Thought Seer being very good disruption. I think people underestimate just how powerful Thought Seer is. Even when you see a hand of removal spell threat, you take the threat, they use the removal spawn. Not Fear, you come out, out ahead and that it It's a exchange. 2 for 1. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a 2 for 2, but oh, yeah. I'll take the random card off the top of their deck no, any okay. day.
0: Yeah, it's getting rid of their best removal card, and it's it's getting rid of another...
2: Removing some threat hand. you can't yeah. deal with.
1: So I,
2: uh, That deck is also a bet, much better with Mattery Shaper, because flipping Liliana is a hell of a drug. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I know you said you know, you've been playing this deck forever, but um, I kind of want to know a little bit more about your testing process. You know, like, when you started out, when you started playing, like, online again, X-Mage, and Untap, like, was there a gauntlet that you ran it through, or, you know, something like that? How how did you decide it was still good? Like, what was your testing uh, process?
2: Let me let you in on a little secret. I've done, basically, up to this season, I did zero testing in Frontier. I played <laughs> zero games outside of weeks. <laughs>
1: So, so is it just that good of a deck that you don't really need to test it? Is just the synergies are so good?
2: It's more that I played it a lot in standard. Mm-hmm. I knew all how the various little interactions that you can get mm-hmm. from playing, going uh, one drop into Ghost Fireblade, equip mm-hmm. it, smash, smash, smash. You know, it's, it's at a base level, it's not particularly difficult. Mm-hmm. Um. So just having played it so much in standard, just I kind of knew what matchups were like, cause especially at the beginning of Frontier. Things were so similar. You had Rally. I played that matchup in Standard. You had various Siege Runner decks. I played that matchup in Standard. You had Blue Black Control decks. I played against those in Standard. Mm-hmm. So, so as
1: long as you know, both... a lot of familiar. So things. as long as you know the lines of play, you're good.
2: That, that's kind of how I felt. Mm-hmm. So, I also felt like because it's such an odd deck, people wouldn't sideboard correctly and that's mm-hmm. happened m- very many times.
1: Would you say that Mono Black Eldrazi is a high synergy deck or it's just a high raw power deck?
2: Um the more aggressive version with Ghost Fire Blades and Weaver drones and whatnot is definitely more synergy based. Uh, you have cards like uh, Ruins of Oran Reef which is specifically looking for colorless creatures. Ghost Fire Blade again specifically looking for colorless creatures. Mm-hmm. Um even Reaver Drone itself wants you to have more colorless creatures, so you're not constantly taking damage. Mm-hmm. So that one's a lot more synergy-based and synergy-driven, because then you also have the combo of aggressive cards that dump your hand early in Seagate Wreckage. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I think, an undervalued synergy in that, just in how you deck build. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one's certainly more synergy-driven. Uh, the bigger version was heavier black, gifted Ace of Born, Liliana, Gonti, Cleus. Lots of removal spells that's just more, more
1: value kind of
2: almost raw power yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, the only synergy really is that we get to play colorless lands that do things but that's the extra we get an extra like 10 spell slots in our deck because of that all right yeah definitely. That, that's I guess the most synergistic part mm-hmm. is that we get to do
0: things like that so you've thought that being mono black is worth the extra synergy from those lands rather than what you could get from splashing blue or splashing red or anything else.
2: Uh, with fetches and evolving wilds it's it's excuse me okay to test or to try and splash like i've tried kolagon's command mostly because marvel is the most miserable matchup not Mm -hmm. even necessarily because it's bad just i hate playing against marvel it's just such a not fun experience at least from from decks that i generally play so it's it's not that hard because you have fetches you have evolving wilds um that makes your mana pretty solid overall, but at the end of the day, I think it's just not worth it. Just keep your consistent. And mana. that's a
1: good point. You said that it doesn't really have a good matchup against, um, what was it you said? Either work decks. So, what are the pros and cons of Mono-Black Eldrazi, like with the weak points and you know, the really strong points?
2: Um, I'd say it's certainly strong into. Uh, aggressive decks, it has four main deck Fatal Push, at least the big version mm-hmm. rather, because it, 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 it does get a little confusing when you're talking just Mono Black Aldrazi there. There are a couple versions. Uh, the big version i like against uh, Aggro, it has four Fatal Push, four Gifted Ace of Boy, and two Cletus. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently now, one Cast Down and two Grasp of Darkness, mm-hmm. um, two Vraska's Contempt. So these these are all cards that you very much want to see against Aggro decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mattery Shaper is also just a good blocker. Um, I like it against range. it has the lands just really help you grind it mm-hmm. out uh, game 1 against control is super rough because you have all these fatal pushes and your other removal spells that are just not good but post board when all that dead weight is gone it gets significantly better because mm-hmm. they have a hard time dealing with the constant two for ones that you present um, combo it depends on the combo like Sahili combo mm-hmm. I feel fine because I can kill those creatures marvel nah man get out of mm-hmm. here that makes sense okay the smaller deck, though, is much weaker into aggro, simply because it doesn't have the tools. It's basically um, Hangerback Walker and, in conjunction with Tomb of the Spirit Dragon, or Bust. So
1: like against it's go-wide strategies, it, where
2: it struggles? A lot of,
0: oh yeah, yeah, or go-wide strategies. We have yeah, some it, aggressive it, options, but it's hard to block with something like a Smuggler's Copter, or a, yeah, uh, it, it, a Reaver Drone, anything like that.
2: It, it It can block in the early game fairly well but Ghostfire Blade just not affecting the board by itself is really troublesome mm-hmm. um doesn't have something like Gifted Ace of Born that can really speed bump aggro decks so that that's where it really struggles however because of its aggressive nature I'd like it a lot more into um standard range, think Abzan where Jund is a lot more troublesome with Ishkanah and Emrakul but something more like Abzan is much more favorable I think for the smaller version simply because you're able to um start the aggression early and then just disrupt them with start not seer and bearer of silence mm-hmm. and bearer of silence is an absolute house against abzam which... whereas against jund they sacrifice the spider token and they don't what care.
1: was Bear of silence again um
2: and then con- control deck against control decks i think the smaller version just kind of eats them up because it has it none of its spells are really dead and it applies pressure early much better than the big version can ever dream of
1: which card was bearer of silence again
2: it is a one in a black two one flyer. Cannot block, devoid. Um, it also has when you cast it, you can uh-huh. pay one in the colorless. Yeah, yeah. If you do, target opponent's second. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm not sure if it's target it's opponent's second. It's a nasty card. Entry. But yeah, mm-hmm. there have been plenty of games where the board is empty. They play a seed and I play a bearer of silence, and I uh-huh. win. <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, that's a solid card. Yeah, and that's one that I haven't seen it's as d- much now that you've been playing more of the bigger versions.
2: Yeah, you just have better removal spells, and you have, you're you not really looking to kill a blocker and kill them. That's kind of the style that Barrow of Silence tends to play. Mm-hmm. Also, the bigger version doesn't want the two-mana version of Barrow of Silence at all. Where some, against some decks, especially Rally, it's correct to just slam the two-drop Flyer and give it a Ghost Flyer Blade and go to town.
0: Yeah, Flyers have always been traditional good against Rally.
1: So I kind of see you as the god of Eldrazi, you know, your name is synonymous with Eldrazi in the Untap Open League, <laughs> so I'm wondering um, are there other ways possible ways that, you know we could build Eldrazi decks in Frontier so other than the way you've done it I mean, you know, for example, like a Displacer deck or a, an Oblivion Sower deck, you know, other than like the really big ones that are in Aetherworks, are there other ways? I'd like to get your opinion on that
2: so I think going into Untapped Season 4 or maybe this was a crocodile season I can't remember um, in team chat they were making jokes about oh we should put Mirror Pool on Blue Black Control so we can copy Dig <laughs> and so I'm just like well I'm just going to build Mono Blue Aldrazi and I'll make it big and that, I'll, put, I'll, I'll do, yes, that. Let's do yes. that so I did that and I played it in X Mage League and it did okay it, it plays okay it plays cards like Chase and Prodigy um it has a uh what's it called um elder deep fiend package mm-hmm. with mattery shaper and champion of wits right yeah. and that's pretty sweet um so was it like an but overall deck the, kind of it really only plays the three deep fiends mm-hmm. and the three champion of wits that's like the core of that package where like you'd be playing mattery shaper anyway
3: mm-hmm.
2: but not necessarily champion um but overall I like, kind of felt like the deck was weak on interaction like you don't really want to play counter spells as much in your creature mid-range mm-hmm. deck so the like the blue well copy and dig through time is really sweet with mirror pool and blooded cataract it's pretty mm-hmm. neat and now memorial genius is also pretty neat yeah but so it overall it just it felt like if your opponent was playing a creature you didn't really have much of a way to deal with it and that felt kind of bad
1: so I guess it's just waiting You'd on the also, right cards. So maybe in the future it could be viable.
2: Like, the only removal spell you really had outside of uh, Spatial Contortion was Imprisoned in the Moon.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And while hitting Liliana <laughs> on 7 instead of Imprisoned in the Moon is sweet, <laughs> um, Imprisoned in the Moon isn't isn't as it, good as I wanted yeah. it to be.
1: I, I, would, I would imagine that the Monoblue drives would be more like a tempo deck.
2: Yeah, there is an aggressive version that a number of people have actually played in the various X Mage leagues um, with the cheap blue Eldrazi Flyers, um, Sky Spawner, mm-hmm. uh, Dimensional Infiltrator, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, the 3 2 that gives all your colorless creatures plus 1, plus mm-hmm. 0, stuff like that, and then Ghost Blade. That was the package there. And I've never liked those as much as the black ones simply because I think the black removal and discard combo is better than the blue spells you get. And I think the it has better one-drops, because the blue one-drops just are non-existent. Mm. Whereas black, you get a 2-1, and that's just really important in the deck.
1: Now, what about mono-red Eldrazi? I know that was kind of a thing back in Standard, and maybe even a little bit So in, in Frontier as at, well.
2: At about the same time, mm-hmm. actually, um, a cockatrice season started, and Somnus built an aggressive red Eldrazi yeah, deck. Yeah, I remember that. With Ghost Fireblade. Mm-hmm. And there was also a Frontier open, and I came in with a big Red Eldrazi deck with cards like Direfleet Daredevil, Glorybringer, Chandra, both 4 mana and 6 mana, Batali, um, And the goal there is kind of similar to the big black one, where it has a bunch of removal spells and then strong top mm-hmm. end. Um, it just kind of functions the same way. Our 2 drop is an incredible value in the late game. Um, Direfleet Daredevil is actually really sweet. I think it. I think it's a card that should see a little more play, but there just really aren't red mid range decks mm. that look to take advantage of something like that. Um, Try it with same
0: That's about what I've done.
2: Yeah, but the issue um, that the blue deck had, where I talked about it, didn't have much interaction. The red deck has a lot of it. You have mm. a braid, lightning strike, um, Chandra's interaction. Chandra's also incredible. Um, your two drop, I think, is better. I, I like Dire Fleet Daredevil a lot more than Jace's Prodigy. Um, I like ramming ruins a lot more than if new rivulet mm-hmm. I like Handwear battlements a lot more than well not a lot more but I like having access to a handware battlements when you have cards like a Tully mm-hmm. and just other general big dumb idiots
1: so what does the red deck need to kind of be on the same level as the black one
2: honestly I like the red deck a lot um, but I think it's I think it's not too far off I think it, it's,
1: Does it need more removal? I haven't like more played creatures, it as much. Or just more testing? It needs a three mana planeswalker. Um, huh. It seems like what it needs.
2: I, I think it's a lot closer than people give it credit for. And part of that's just because I haven't really had the chance to play it too much. Mm-hmm. But in the games I've played, it's played really well. And out of the sideboard, you get cards like um, Scab Clan Berserker, which I think never really had a home. Mm-hmm. But this seems like a pretty good home
1: for it. So that's the two two with haste, Against right? control decks with you, renown.
2: Yeah, the two two with haste, and it has renown one. And when it's renowned, if your opponent casts a non-creature spell, they take two mm-hmm. damage. Where like, your aggro decks didn't really care about that card on three. Like it wasn't, it wasn't what they were looking for. Whereas in this deck, that's so threat dense, and every threat is must kill. Adding a must kill threat <laughs> that also deals damage to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is
0: right? Yeah. Like I've seen combo out of some of the vehicles decks. That seems like it kind of fit the same
1: role. Yeah, I'm playing Combo in my new uh, Black-White uh, Angel his name deck, so that's something to yeah. talk about later.
2: Combo also, I think, just doesn't have a home right now. He, he seems like a card where... The the issue with Combo, though, that Scabplan Berserker doesn't have is Combo doesn't have haste and doesn't get bigger. Mm. Mm-hmm.
3: Well,
0: 2-2 two, two versus 3-3, three, three. yeah. So, uh, th- the, on the other hand, Combo doesn't have to hit in order for its effect to work, which is nice.
2: Well I think ScalpCon Berserkers' effect always works. Hold on. I
0: believe that it needs to be
1: uh renowned for it to work. So while we're on the uh well, Eldrazi, you know
2: but you're right, it does need to be renowned.
1: Yeah, it does. So yeah, um while we're on the uh topic of Eldrazi decks in Frontier, um what are your thoughts on Emerge? Is there a competitive eMerge deck out there? And if so, like what colors would you say it would be?
2: Um... Emerge... Well, your best emerge threats are Elder Deep Fiend Mm -hmm. and Distended Mindbender. Those have the, I think, the most powerful abilities that you're looking to take advantage Mm of. Um... The issue then becomes what do you play to make these creatures reasonably castable? Mm -hmm. Um... And for a time, I did actually have Distended Mindbender in standard Mono Black Eldrazi. Um... This was a time during when Cat was legal, when Marvel was around, so getting to hit both Cat and Sahili was nice. Getting to take out Marvel was nice, mm-hmm. but the the issue that Mindbender had, at least, was that because it was a turn four play, without your opponent disrupting you and killing your three drop, it it was good then. But any other time, it was kind of not great. And Deep Fiend has a lot of tempo to it where you want to be more aggressive and taking advantage of you know tapping down four lands and then smashing Mm -hmm. them um the issue there at least um in frontier is that then the cards that you would be playing aren't particularly aggressive and you're not really able to take advantage of that tempo gain because then most decks are able to untap and verascus contempt your five six and now you're down to five six and whatever creature you sacrifice and that's not good for you even if that three drop creature generated value, it's still, you've, you've lost the board, mm-hmm. and now now you're in trouble. Exactly,
0: When you're talking about a 5 or 6 mana tempo play, which isn't really, a, there's not really a deck home for it, you don't really have tempo decks that want to be going that big, you don't have aggro decks that would want anything that big, you don't have control decks that would want the tempo part of it.
1: Now, I have seen uh, some of the to merge, you know, the uh, Tamer Emerge decks show up at uh, Hallelujah, um, just because Kozilek's return is so good against, you know, a, a, an aggro heavy right. meta. But it hasn't really put up any top eights. So I'm guessing, like you said, what it needs is more value creatures in that, you know, three or four drop spot that can kind of rescue your game or
2: I, I think I think what it almost needs is more emerge threats. Mm-hmm. Because if you're playing teamer, you're only really getting out of deep fiend and then like a one of wretched Griff. Mm-hmm. And then, what do you, all your random creatures do if you don't have an, a way to emerge them? <laughs> that's, I think, the other half of the issue, right? Because then you you play your, in standard at least, you would play your um, Pilgrim's Eye, and if you didn't have some way to emerge it, now you have a 1 1 fire. <laughs> and with Frontier being so much faster, you can't really get away with something like that as you could in standard. <laughs> you, you can't get away with playing your 3 mana 1 1 and then not getting value off of it next turn by emerging it. You, you, you're you forced to emerge it in that situation in order to really impact the board, and Frontier is very board-dependent. Mm-hmm.
1: So... Kevin, did you have any other questions about uh, Eldrazi decks, or do you want to move on yeah, to the next topic? Yeah, I was topic? going
0: to slightly change topics. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. going to kind of transition to a new topic here. Is I mean, you had mentioned earlier that you didn't do too much testing originally when you were going with Eldrazi, but it sounds like that's changed a little bit. It sounds like you've also been testing other decks now, um, and that you've been testing with a team of people. So we kind of want to hear a little bit about your new team, how testing has been going with that, and uh, what it's been like to step outside of Eldrazi a little bit, the other kind of crazy things you're brewing up
2: um well the again as i said before the main reason i didn't really do much testing is because i had played the deck so much in standard that i just i felt good about my ability to play the deck and i've played a lot of similar decks in standard as they are in frontier that i felt like the lines of play would be similar enough that i'd just be able to kind of pick it up as i went um so when i started playing for example when i built mono blue aldrazi i actually tested that a little bit and played some games and tried to get a feel for how it played. Same thing with Red. Mm. Um, And then, like, when teammates have built something or whatever, when they've been trying to test, like, uh, when Rivals came out, I know ACC wanted to try Merfolk out quite a bit. And I played Blue Black Control and Atari Red into Merfolk and we decided that Merfolk was not very good.
0: I've been wondering what happened to that deck. So many people were trying out Merfolk of a lot of different ways, too. there, There were... I saw the Cocoa versions, I saw the versions that had hardened scales, I saw versions that didn't have either and were probably running Copter. Mm-hmm. But they, they just completely disappeared off the face and I, I didn't know what happened because I wasn't testing them myself, so. Do you wanna talk about Mirafolk at all or is it just is it just bad, there's just stuff here?
2: That that was just an example where generally in teams, at least prior to um, Dolt really coming together, was that I would just play random stock decks mm-hmm. and usually um, uh, a Tucker red or a blue black control, and that was kind of my role, I guess, in testing. Okay, where I would just play stock decks and usually beat people over with them, and the decks that they were trying didn't get played. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's usually how it went. Um, and then Dolt came together, and we just kind of played games because we liked playing together. We liked, um playing Magic, we like... Again, playing together, we had fun playing each other, whereas, like, sometimes with some people it just kind of feels like you're playing a game, mm-hmm. but with with Dolt, it felt like playing with friends, and that was significantly more fun, and I was much more willing to play um, just Magic randomly. So for anyone listening, Dolt here is the name of the team, the, the kind
0: of team name that you've
2: been testing with, right? Correct. There are... or there were originally six of us. We've added a couple of friends since then, hmm. but... Yeah, we just enjoyed playing Magic together. We were friends, so so you, it kind of
1: so it helps you to keep going. Worked out that helps way. you to keep going to enjoy playing. Yeah, if you have people to play yeah, with, you're more willing to continue playing. You know, whatever everyone else is playing, right?
2: Right. I've been playing various Magic formats on Cockatrice for like four to five years mm-hmm. now, and it's always been kind of like waxing and waning. In that some some weeks I'll be playing a couple drafts a week. And then I'll go months without doing anything on copyrights. Mm, mm-hmm. Simply because playing with randoms or people I don't know particularly well is just like whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Online. Whereas like in paper I'm drafting every week anyway because I'm, it's in person. It just it has a much more personal feel. Okay.
1: So since you...
2: And then there weren't really leagues mm. at least until Frontier League started. And then playing that, those are leagues, those are fine. I can do that.
1: So so since you've joined, um, you know, you're, it was adult, right? Since you joined that team, so you said it helped you to kind of, you know, help you as a player. You, you enjoyed playing Magic more, but how about as a, a deck builder? Do you feel yourself kind of branching out more and thinking more about different ideas now that you're on a team? I mean, yep.
2: I think people see the decks I play and put me into that where I've always had a I'd like to think a reasonable understanding of how other decks played and how they worked together and how they um, how the matchups worked in the format mm-hmm. just by playing them and seeing how they played. Mm-hmm. And then in testing when I've been playing various stock decks, I've always thought I played reasonably well and I picked it up fairly well. So I, I don't think there's as much of that as you might think of looking at a guy who's always played Dot not fear and Matter Reshaper and nothing else. But yeah, it definitely has, I've, I've seen, I guess, a lot more decks that would never make it into a league mm-hmm. than I had previously, where, like, in the old Nandy League or whatever,
1: okay, I only cool.
2: saw the decks I played against.
1: Is there anything else that you want to talk about uh, with uh, team testing, Kevin? If not, I have another topic I'd like to talk about.
0: No, please go ahead. This has been great.
2: Right. So, I guess there is one more yeah. thing, though, in that I am now playing a Tucker Red this season. Yes, um, that,
0: that, that's kind of what I was going for, is that like we now trying something else and okay. seeing it as a powerful deck. Yeah.
2: Um, so, Loop had, Loop Holbrook, another Frontier player, he's on Dolt. Mm-hmm. he was trying to figure out how Abzan worked with Dominaria and what new cards he wanted to play. He was trying out Lyra, Shalai, uh, Knight of Grace, you know, cards like that, and he wanted to test out, you know, random, or uh, strong decks, so I was playing a Tarka Red into it, mm. and just completely smashing mm. them every mm. time. So we t- started talking, we're like, and he was thinking that a Tarko Red just beats everything.
0: Yeah, that, that was, I was kind of going to ask about that. I wanted to see if you had the same opinion as him. So he posted his article on our website, net, and he did have a little bit of a pessimistic view on the format of saying like Atarka Red is just so powerful right now. He was kind of marking it as the death of midrange, <laughs> and I see you as like, the god of midrange, you know, mm. playing Black Eldrazi, things like that all the time. Do, do you kind of feel the same way?
2: Um, well, after he posted that, I suggested the the idea of, well, what if we all just submit a Tucker Red next season? Mm -hmm. And we did. And we thought it was really funny, because we have a stupid sense of Mm (laughs) humor. And it, um, so I think a Tucker Red is very powerful. I think it's a very good deck. I think it, uh, asks many If you're ever making a new deck, you have to ask yourself, what do I do against a red?" Red? It's just, it's something that you should be prepared. It should
1: always be part of the testing Um, process.
2: Yeah, we we throw away any decks that don't have a good a Red matchup. For example, the bigger blue deck I was talking about Mm -hmm. earlier, the Aldrazi deck, I think it dies to a Red like 95 times out of 100. (laughs) It it just doesn't seem... It has, like, that's where the interaction problem came up with. That was the big reason why I thought Imprisoned in the Moon, as reasonable as it is against mid-range decks and even control decks, it just is, what are you doing with your life if you're casting that against a Tarker Red? Yeah,
0: you're never answering a Copter or anything like that.
2: So, a Tarker Red is very good. Um, I think having a good aggressive deck is important. It keeps people from doing too much nonsense, where they're just going bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and and the biggest deck wins, while when you have a Tarker Red, that's not the case.
3: Mm
1: Well, same thing um, with Control, too. You know, it keeps Control honest, because I think if there was no Atarka Red, Control would just be insanely powerful.
0: Yeah, if, if Control doesn't have to play Languish, if they don't have to play 7 or 8, just kill a creature spells, yeah, they would be extremely
2: powerful. Mm. But I think having Atarka Red where it is right now, it might be slightly too fast and slightly too consistent mm. in how it gets there it might have a little too much staying power especially when you compare um our build of attacker red versus a standard build mm-hmm. where previously against attacker red you know they go one drop dragon fodder Hoarding outburst you'd go languish that's three of their cards down we're not playing any hordling outburst we are more on the burn mm-hmm. side which is i think better against decks like jund and control decks Where they're trying to beat you with sweepers or clogging up the board with something like Ishkana. Mm -hmm. So, and I also liked um, uh, exquisite firecraft against Abzan as well, even simply because they're trying to stabilize it usually at a low life total, and then you just have the big four damage burst to finish them off.
1: Yeah, we really haven't seen a burn deck.
2: Usually, they they're able to take control of the uh, board at that point.
1: Yeah, we really haven't seen a burn deck in Frontier yet, have we?
0: Yeah, not in the way that
1: but there's Thermo Alchemist, but that wasn't really that consistent.
0: Yeah, compared to like when, when Clayton started playing and you had the um oh what was the not the archer, the uh Oh you had Py- Young Pyromancer. Thermal Alchemist?
3: Yeah, you had, you had young
0: pyromancer, oh, oh, you had Chandra's. Back Phoenix. in standards, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. You could you had a burn deck that was almost more of a control deck. Yeah, you that know, was answered things and just hit face.
2: Yeah. That was definitely against creature decks, and that's kind of where I I played a lot of aggro decks in standard prior to the Eldrazi being printed, yeah. So I I learned a lot about just how aggro decks are supposed to play against small creature decks, and I think just that experience has really helped me pick up a Target Red just just like that. It kind of felt like getting on a bicycle again. It was really easy.
0: Okay, so for kind of maybe last topic is I just wanted to look forward a little bit. I mean, you have mm. talked about the Eldrazi, You have talked about what you're testing now. What is the future? What What's your next breakthrough deck that's going to make ground like Eldrazi has for you?
1: Yeah, I want to know what cards you're thinking of using. Um, yeah, it could be well, cards Well, I'm definitely looking types. at
2: tuning the red deck a little more because I, I just enjoy how that plays. I like being able to give Atali haste and smash in the turn in you caster, and that, that, that just really appeals to me. Um, I think that also is a better deck for Seagate Wreckage than the black deck. Uh, if you've looked at my most recent list of the big black deck... It has no Seagate Wreckage, and that's a really powerful card, Mm -hmm. but that's because it's generally keeping cards in its hand. It doesn't necessarily run low, so I go for Arch of Orozco in that deck, where the red deck is much more able to keep uh, cards out of its hand because the Planeswalker of Choice Chandra here, it exiles cards, Mm -hmm. whereas Liliana, you put them back into your hand, and you don't necessarily cast them right Mm -hmm. away, so that difference allows... Uh, this deck to play Seagate Wreckage and that also really appeals to me because I still think that card's very strong and more people should be playing it. Um, Outside of Aldrazi, I'm going to keep my... uh Keep it to my chest. I huh, mean, it's a secret. Oh, okay. I, I value
0: <laughs> surprise. See, I, I'm kind of there. I like, value surprise. I tend to talk about the decks that I'm like, okay, this one's fun, but it's not the really powerful, and then I keep the really powerful ones on the low key, mm.
2: which is why I'm happy to talk about Lich's
0: I, Mastery. But
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm perfectly. I, I
0: will yeah.
2: say that prior to us all deciding to play a Tarkin Red and go for that joke instead, I did have uh, quite, I guess, the meme ready for this most recent season of Untap. And I'm holding that off until next season. So I think I think you'll get to see it next season. You said
1: a meme a I'm meme looking deck. Forward to it. I think it's I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's not a magical Christmas. I think deck. it might have
2: a little bit of a rougher Tucker matchup. At least game mm-hmm. one. Game two, I like I like a lot better. Okay. Ha- but I, I, the deck is sweet and I've already made variations of it that go into different colors <laughs> on the same principle How do you know, and those are also sweet how
0: do you know when you've got something special is there like something that clicks when you're just like brewing it or when you're testing mm. it at first do you goldfish it like what's the moment where you're like yeah this is actually powerful this isn't just like a fun interaction this is something that's consistent and is going to win games
1: that eureka moment
2: um well for me since I generally like grinding out value it's when I just am able to consistently two for one uh, I feel like that's when I know I'm onto something. When I'm able to two for one with things that kind of even don't look like necessarily two for ones are the cards that you would most want to play, mm-hmm. even, and that they're just able to continually generate value. And when I when I'm looking at a handful of removal spells against a control deck, and I'm still able to outvalue them, whew.
1: so Dominaria has been out for a while now. I want to kind of want to ask everybody here, you know, Kevin and and Clayton. <clears throat> together. So the the longer we have Dominera in Frontier, I mean, do you feel like you're more inspired to make decks now? I mean, has it changed your approach to to Frontier at all? Like are you I looking further set, back? Every
0: set changes things. I mean, I think right now I think the meta changing is affecting what decks I'm brewing mm-hmm. more than the new cards of Dominaria added, but I'm definitely brewing some Dominaria cards. I'm playing a lot of Teferi, a lot of Karn, a lot of Lyra. You know, a little bit of Lich's Mastery here and there.
1: Mm, yeah, can you tell us about what decks <laughs> you're working on, Kevin. What oh, are you, God, what are you so excited many. about?
0: Hang on, let me check with my team first. Gotta make sure which ones I can actually talk about. So I'll talk about the bad ones because they don't they don't care if I'm mm. uh, playing those. No, um, I've been playing this uh this deck with. I, I was looking for home for Lich's Mastery, and I kind of wanted a deck that incidentally already has some life gain mm-hmm. and I ended up on a Sultai Marvel deck nope. so I'm playing the Woodweaver's Puzzle Knot for life gain I've got the um, oh what's yeah, the card that okay. gets a land or creature from your graveyard so, Pulsumarasa. Um I've got Vraska's yep, okay. Contempt now what is Lich's um, so, Mastery again? <laughs> so that's the six <laughs> mana enchantment um, and when it and It doesn't do anything when it enters the battlefield, but but it's it's got hex proof. Uh If it leaves the battlefield, you lose the game. Or if it leaves the battlefield, you lose the game. Whenever you lose life, you have to exile a card from play, from your hand, or from your graveyard. Uh Usually just from your graveyard, is what I do. Uh And whenever you gain life, you draw a card.
2: Nice. It also notably says you can't lose the game. Yes, it
0: also notably says you can't lose the game. So your life total doesn't matter, your cards left in your
2: deck don't matter. Um, also, incredibly unfortunate, does not work against the pro to the second sons. I was looking at it from my sand and sideboard. Nope. Doesn't work against what I wanted it to yes, work Yes, your opponent against. can still win, but mm. you, you can't win. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I have... Oh, I keep making the joke that I've never lost a game with it in play. Mm. Which you can't lose the game with it in play, but I've actually never lost a game that I've resolved it. It's just a most of the time it just, you know, it comes into play and it effectively gains you 10 to 15 life, and then it draws you cards. So it it seems like the perfect control card to me.
1: Uh, What what was that other card? Um, Pact? Was it from... No, from Origins. Uh,
0: Demonic Pact? Oh, Demonic Pact. I've looked at those two cards next to each other a bunch of times. I haven't tried putting them in the same deck yet. That
1: sounds fun!
2: (laughs) It sounds hilarious.
1: So I've been working on a new deck as well. I just brewed it up yesterday, actually. Um, yeah. So I've been playing a lot with like Lyra and Shalai and Standard in a green-white aggro deck. And I've been looking back at you know the the angels we have in Frontier. So I brewed up a deck that uses all the stuff from Shadows over Innistrad. It's got Addison, it's got Gisela, it's got Bruna, all this stuff. And I realized that there's mad synergy between them and Lyra. When, when, like, Avacyn flips, she does 3 damage to all creatures and players, and you mm-hmm. gain that life if you have Lyra mm-hmm. in play. So
2: Oh, that's hilarious. That's, that's
1: exactly... <laughs> So I was playing against, like, green-black elves, you know, just testing it out yesterday. Wiped his board, and I gained, like, 30 life. And he had an Ormondal in play, and I just ended up powering through him. You know, because I was attacking. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, so I got I got. There's some fun stuff in Dominera. I think there's a lot. I, I saw lot you of talking decks. about
0: this a little bit. I, I know angels are expensive, though. What do you kind of do from the first one to four turns?
1: So I don't even start. I, I think I have like maybe one or two creatures that are under three man. I'm trying to make the deck as uh, protected against push as I can. So I just hmm. load up on removal. I have cast downs. I have fatal push. Um, I think I have the Knight of the White Orchard to kind of help ramp me a little bit. And i gotta, okay. I got to thank Moosey for that. Moosey helped me uh, decide that. Um, uh, I think the other one is uh, I have the Dauntless Bodyguard, um, which protects... Stuff. Oh,
2: the 2-1 that when it enters the battlefield, yeah. you can choose a creature and then you can sack yeah. it to make that creature Which also helps to yeah.
1: flip Addison. Hmm. And uh, I'm playing Selfless Spirit as well. So those are like my early drops. And then you got your Gisela, like I said. You got your Lyra. You got your Shalai. Shalai protects everybody from getting hit. And once Lyra hits the battlefield, you're just like getting all this life. And because of the high level of uh, Legendaries in this deck, I'm playing uh, Urza's Ruinous Blast. And that just totally wrecks any deck I cast that against. It gets rid of anything that's not a Planeswalker legendary, which is a lot in Frontier.
0: See, that scares me because I like playing a lot of Planeswalkers and legendaries. Uh, me, me and Clayton both kind of do those grinds. We, we've played each other a lot and we always end up in these slogging back and forth decks. I think there was the one time you cast like five Gonti in the same game or something.
2: Yes. <laughs> it was two copies of Gonti hitting the battlefield five times. It was, it was something to behold.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that was a, quite a good game.
1: So that's, that's what I'll be testing, I think, for Season 6. So I'm, I'm really excited about that.
0: Well, I look forward to testing that with I you. guess the uh, one thing I look forward I'll look say it. from
2: Dominaria mm-hmm. is that I think people underestimate the Legendary Sorceries. I know yeah. when they were printed, there was a couple murmurings of, all oh, these cards aren't even good without the Legendary Restriction. And I'm just kind of sitting there wondering if they've read the cards. Because without the Legendary Restrictions... Jaya's Immolating Inferno and yagma's vile offering mm-hmm. and Karn's temporal mm-hmm. thundering, all absolutely busted. Mm-hmm. And Urza's rune is blasted really strong. And with the in Frontier at least with the kind of planeswalkers we have, we have Liliana, the Last Hope, mm-hmm. Chandra, Tortured Defiance, um, Karn, Sign of Urza. These are H- Gideon, Ally of Zendikar. These are planeswalkers that are sticky; mm-hmm. they're hard to remove. Mm-hmm in the first couple turns, and they're very good at enabling these legendary sorceries, and these legendary sorceries are very powerful, yeah. if you're able to cast them. These are, they are absurd. Oh. If you have not resolved an Inferno, or a Vile Offering, or a Temporal mm. Sundering, I would strongly recommend doing it's so. so it feels strong, really good. so
0: strong. <laughs> now, you're making me think now, you know what Planeswalker really sticks around is a Snarset?
3: <laughs>
0: Play one of her, and then minus, and use the, uh, the Ruinous... Or no, what was the Karn's Temporal Sundance? Blast, or, yeah, take an
2: extra <laughs> take turn. Take an extra turn, Ooh. and then have it
0: come bring it back with Rebound.
2: Nice. And then bounce two of their things as well. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh.
0: Ooh. Okay, I might have to brew that spice later. Yeah. Um, but it looks like we are wrapping up on time here, guys. This was really interesting. Like, I, I know, Clayton, you warned us that you were going to talk a lot, but uh, this was really fun. And um,
1: Ryan, yeah. you were great. I, I'm glad you were able to well, really... Uh... Brews are my thing. I love bruise. <laughs> yeah. I live in magical Christmas land.
0: I don't even feel like we went quite to Magical Christmas Land this episode. Like We were definitely skirting around it, but we didn't talk about anything really crazy, so we'll make sure to do more of that. Uh, It's nice not to have Matt around sometimes. We don't have to talk about Grixis Mm. every single deck. Or or Thing in the (laughs) Ice. Every single week. Yeah, yeah, Grixis Thing in the Ice. Alright, but that's going to bring us to the wrap-up of our show, guys. Um, As always, we've got our website, mdgfrontier.net. We've also got a lot of other ways to contact us. We've got Twitter, mdgfrontier, mdgfrontier on Instagram, Reddit, MTG Final Frontier, and you can find our Discord through any of those, and that's a great way to contact us to play games with us. Anything you want to do. Um, we've also been doing streaming. I think that Clayton was actually just on our stream this last week. It was a great one against an, an soul deck.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was a very tough match actually. Mm-hmm. I had to, I drew a couple lands in games two and three that I didn't really want to see, mm-hmm. and had to really, really search for those last couple points of damage and maximizing all of my damage. There was one line where I. Um, in game two where uh, I watched back and I agree with you, I was not supposed to chump block with that goblin. Oh, yeah. I was supposed to get in those two points of damage. I was about
0: to ask if you had gotten a chance to go back and watch our cast, because I was actually the one casting for that one so I'm... Uh... that's fascinating and uh, yeah, that was a really good one, although they've all been really good this season. I think we've had some yeah, like, great Yeah, also that
2: team. game two where I disguised the Ramionap ruins mm-hmm. <laughs> that felt good. <laughs> I, I was really hoping he wouldn't spell call, because I knew he had the spell caller. I knew it. Yeah, uh, yep, absolutely. Yeah, he didn't think to...
0: and then it looked like he kind of he kind of regretted that in game three he didn't crack a fetch when he should have he didn't play the spell whether well to block when he could have so mm-hmm. one it, it was a game.
2: really tight match and I had I had to really search yeah, for was. the lines to win but those, those are the games where you really you really feel accomplished when you do find those lines like people don't think aggro is hard but man you, you really got to squeeze yeah. it
0: out yeah that's definitely the matchup I would show people if they don't think that an aggro mirror is hard we want to thank you again for being on the show if there's anything that you want to last minute say to the audience before we take off for tonight
2: um, no it, it was a pleasure to be here um consider casting some thought not fears huh. and that's really about it
0: all right and uh, Ryan if you want to drop your info as well
1: yeah well I, I also wanted to say thank you to to Clayton for coming on um, Brews are incredibly credibly important in frontier um, especially something that nobody else plays uh, I've been talking to people about what makes frontier special recently and one of the things that people want are decks that they can only play in frontier so I really got to thank Clayton for playing Eldrazi and bringing it to the forefront. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing...
2: It it is a strong deck. If you want to play it, I would recommend it. I've seen
1: people testing it, yeah. Um, Another thing, other news happening in Japan. Uh, June 17th is a uh, Hallelujah God of Frontier trial. So if anybody is listening and they're in Japan and they want to play, come and meet. Um, other than that, my Twitter is uh, Yoshwanky, and you can check out my website at uh, www.thejapanhobbyist.com.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much, and as everyone, for ev- as always, for everyone out there, we look forward to being your go-to source for frontier information online. Your final frontier. Signing off.